Welcome to our podcast, The Third Option. In a binary world that's caught up in right versus wrong, left versus right, and good versus evil, we see the love of God as a third option. I'm Rick Manis. And I'm Judy Manis. Join us here every week for conversations about the magnificent love of God that we believe can and will change this world. Enjoy! Okay, we're still talking about our true purpose on earth. We're continuing uh, in that vein from uh, last week and the week before. Uh, This is our third episode uh, with that topic. And uh, today we're going to talk about uh, a terminology that Judy and I use quite a bit. It's something we came across in a certain version of the Bible. But we want to talk about keeping open house to the world. Keeping open house. We got this from Matthew 5.16 in the Message Bible. And it says, Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. You know, when I think of that term, keeping open house, um, we just had some friends that had an an open house. We're showing their house to people. To sell it, yeah. and, And how, you know, when you do that, you're just... You're not just inviting those close to your friends. You're saying, our house is open. Whosoever, come on in and look at it and look at it, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, and, and another thing is, is it's really talking about hospitality. You know, keep open house. Let them, invite them into your world. And, and when we have an open house and we want people to come in and be with us, we're not saying, now come on in here and let, so we can judge what kind of shoes you have on, you know. In other words, what this is telling us is, is to open up our hearts and open up to all these people and say, you're safe here in my house. Mm-hmm. You're safe with me. Yeah. And that's, that's the uh, part of being the manifestation of the sons of God. That, because we're all safe with him, all safe with God, no matter who we are and how we are and what we're doing. What we've done. We're safe with mm-hmm. God. You made, you made a, a statement today just when we were talking this afternoon about how... A lot of times we, we, we can look at people and we, we judge what they're doing right now and it, and it may look horrible. And we look at that and we're like, oh, that needs to be dealt with. You know, I need to say something about that, whatever. But we're looking in this little box at what they're doing right now or what they're, where they're at. But God that sees the whole thing has seen everything that has led up to that. And where they're at right now can be actually a place... Of uh, what did you call? It? You said a victory. It actually could be a victory from where they were before. Yeah, but from our perspective, we're only seeing this outer thing, and we're seeing that oh, that's horrible. But like, like we don't have the knowledge that God does, and you know who created them and knows what they've been through and knows what they've, mm-hmm. you know, had to deal with, and for His perspective. It might be a total win, you know, that yeah. they're, they're there. You just, you, you're only seeing, um, I guess, two-dimensionally. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like we're looking at a snapshot. Yes. Of, and, and while their life is a movie that God is watching and uh-huh. he's involved in, and we're looking at a, you know, a, a snapshot. And you know how, how a picture, a still picture can be notorious for, 
you know, sometimes you can have a bad picture, you know, yes. where, where, you know, your, but it's not how your you're looking is... when you're in movement, you know, uh -huh. and throughout your, throughout your day. It's when you're in movement, you've got a completely different thing going on. But when you catch something in a moment and it freezes, uh, you know, it looks completely worse. <laughs> right. But, um, uh, there again, we're 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 bringing people in, or we're being hospitable, or we're having open hearts with people, saying you're safe here, that there is no condemnation in Christ or with me. We don't have any to give. We're here to open our arms, wrap our arms around you, like God does the whole world, and 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 to come at it that way. There again, allows us to manifest Christ or manifest sonship. Um, Jesus told us not to. Uh, be offensive or to to offend. He says, "Don't offend the least of these." Now, Jesus is talking about people here. He's he's, he's pointing at people, and these are human. This is not just. He's not. He, you know, the the the, the club Christianity has not been invented yet. Right. <laughs> but, and and we invented the club. Yeah. Christianity is the. Is, it was the Jewish club at that time. <laughs> it was. Yeah. You had all these other clubs. Then you had clubs within the clubs. Yeah, the Sadducees and the mm -hmm. Pharisees, and yeah. they, they they had their differences. Um, but, but real Christianity is really, it's, 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 it's relational. It's us knowing him who is love and we've been affected by that. And so we affect others by that, that, that same love. Now, if we've just received morality, then that's what we give towards people, behavior modification, and that becomes offensive. And, and Jesus said not to offend the least of these because a brother that's offended is harder to win than a strong city. That's from Proverbs uh, 18, 19. And, and we, we've seen that so, so often. See, love is so beautiful. Love is so... Nobody... Well, I was going to say nobody. I have talked to some church people that have argued against love. But people in the world don't. People in the world True. will say, love is awesome. Everybody needs love. We yeah. should be loving more, not less. But it's funny. You and I have kind of run into some, you know, some Christian people where it's like, too much love. No, that's just too much love. We need to back off on that. And, <laughs> Isn't and that even sad? Somebody, even a pastor said that yeah. it can't be enough. It's just not enough. What about this behavior? And, you know, the behavior might be a problem, but that's down the road from receiving the heart and the goodness of the love of God, that comes first. Yeah. The behavior, it might take days, it might take weeks, it might take years for it, that to come about to what your moral standard is, but I don't think that that's the most important thing. No, and it's not the goal. When we put behavior In first, front of, put, yeah. talk about somebody's sin first and make that the issue, that's putting the cart in front of the horse. And that's what religion does. It deals with the outward Mm -hmm. part of man. In other words, it, it's like it wants to pick all the, you know, if it doesn't like the fruit of the tree, it wants to take all the, pick all the fruit off. Mm -hmm. And then you pick all the fruit off and like, there, now the tree looks good. We got it to qu quit doing this and that. But uh, when the season comes around, that fruit's going to keep popping out every once in a while because of what's inside. Mm -hmm. And it's there again, it's always what God did was he came to give poor love into our heart. Because mm -hmm. that's what man has been missing from the very beginning when we thought that it was about other things besides his love. And we went after the knowledge of good and evil because we were originally created to be loved. Mm -hmm. And that's why there's that God-shaped hole. Only love can fill it. it. Yeah. It reminds me of that. You know that saying that we hear a lot like, 
hate the sin, but love the sinner, love the sinner, but hate the sin. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I've gotten like a little bit like, I get it, but like I'm unco- a little bit uncomfortable with it because it's almost like we're afraid yeah. to just say, I love the sinner or right. I love the person because we want to make sure that they don't think that our morality is, it's like a fear of being misunderstood that because we're loving them, that we're somehow complicit or we're condoning sin because to just love them isn't enough. I mean, we have to make sure people know that we're not a lot, but where is that? Why do you need that? What, why do we have the fear of, of, (laughs) of, really just letting it be love. That's such a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. One thing is because it, 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 it is a fear because because we still carry a sin consciousness to where we always feel like we have to qualify it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, love is awesome. Then something in our brain goes, uh, what about the sin? Mm-hmm. But, you know, but we can't condone the sin, you know. Mm-hmm. Why do we even have to say that? Why can't we just love people and let love do what love does because we still have a sin consciousness which produces fear which will always produce fear and so so you're always going to have that and the result of that is is that we have christians so so many of us christians we tiptoe we're t- trying to tiptoe the, the line and trying to walk this line of uh, and trying to define it and we have great discussions with each other about where it's at and we can only go this far with it because if we go too far then we'll 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 we'll, we'll allow this and that so there's a balance there's there's there, so we're on this balancing act all the time of what do we do and this is why we there's a common question of how do we love certain types of people because in the Bible, it says they're bad. Like, right. it says this is a sin. And so we can't be, uh, you know, confusing people. But the good thing is when you know <laughs> love, it becomes how can we not love? Yeah. That's the thing. How can we not love them unconditionally? See, this is why mm-hmm. the, 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 so many Christians, more people need to know the grace of God. I mean, if mm-hmm. Really, it's the heart of God. If you know the heart of God, you'll, you'll, you'll find it's great. You can see his grace spelled out in the gospel. It is amazing grace. Right. We believe that. But because of sin consciousness, we go out and we'll, we'll cherry pick other little verses of scripture here. And, and instead of building our dogma around the heart and nature of God that's revealed in the gospel, we'll, we'll go outside and, and cherry pick these other little verses mm-hmm. and make them the center and build a dogma around that. And so that's sin consciousness. Mm. And so when you move into the heart of God, which is love, you start to lose that. Mm-hmm. And you're still aware, you're still aware of what's, what's useful and what's useless. You're still aware of what's good and what's not good. Mm-hmm. But but you're not motivated by that. It's love. When you've been affected by this love, you're going to start loving. And see, and this this has been 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 a problem inside of me because I've said, God, what's going on with me? I'm I'm loving these people, and I'm not so concerned about their behavior. But you know, but the Bible says this and that, and I'm I'm concerned about not being concerned as much as I used to be I'm about the behavior. Concerned about not being concerned. <laughs> exactly. Um, but at the same time, I'm loving this love that I'm feeling for these people because me being over-concerned about their behavior blocked me being Christ-like to these people and loving them where I was more of a moralist toward them rather than 
Christ toward them, rather than a lover, rather. And and so I withheld from them Mm -hmm. the same love that God had given me, Mm -hmm. and and I and that I wasn't completely aware of. But as I became more more aware of how unconditionally God loved me, how God loves me and makes no demands at all, and how that has changed me without the demands, knowing that changed me much more when I thought than what I thought he was demanding, that didn't work. It just made me struggle. It made me try and it made me cry and it made me fast and I'd pray and I'd work hard at and, 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 and all that. And, and I never got satisfied, but the love fulfills and satisfies. And I want that same thing for everybody. I don't want to, I, 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 you, you get to where the, the cart is so far behind the horse the love is the important thing. What does it matter if we get everybody moralized <laughs> to keep the rules? Does it, that's not what, what Jesus came to do. Mm-hmm. He came to fill the hearts with love. He came to heal those broken hearts. Mm-hmm. He came to, to, to give liberty to people. He came to open the eyes that couldn't see. And as the children of God manifest this love more, the world's eyes will open more. I have a, I see the vision of God. When he says the whole earth will be filled with my glory, as truly as I live, it will. They will know. Um, I see that vision. And yeah. so I'm excited about what mm-hmm. we're talking about. I'm excited about showing the love. I'm excited about manifesting God um, to, uh, to the world today. We have the ministry of Jesus. I love that. I love that. And, Go ahead. I was just going to say we have the ministry of Jesus, so we're not we're not fighting to establish morality, right. our brand of morality. We're revealing the kingdom of love. When I when I think about Jesus going to Zacchaeus's house, or when I think about Jesus when that sinful woman was anointing him with perfume, or when he was dealing with the adulterer, he never. It never seemed to me like he would be saying, "Now." I want you to know this is a sin, but I love you. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I love you, but this is a sin. It's almost the qualification of it takes away from the love, the the feeling of being accepted fully for for who and where I'm at. It does, because God had never spoke to me that way, but religion spoke to me about God that way. And so that's why. You know what religion would tell me? You know, it took me 20 years of religion before I finally could see that God really loved me. Mm-hmm. But in all that religion, what what was what were they they telling me? That God they were telling me God loved me. They would say it all the time. They would say God loves us, God loves us, God loves us, but you got to change this. But yeah, so it was so that was still, you know, he loves the sinner but hates the sin. Well, I couldn't separate myself from my behavior. So I could. That's why I struggled, and even though I heard God loves me all the time, I never really, really could believe it because I was too tied to my behavior. He loved me, but he hated my sin. And and in my brain, well, if he hates my sin, then how can he even like me because they're too closely related? And when we're telling that to a world, it's the same thing. When we tell them as Christians and we sit on our horse and we say, oh, yes, we love the world, but we hate the sin. You know, when they hear us say that, they roll their eyes because because when they hear us saying, we really don't like you. (laughs) It makes us sound superior. Like we are looking at them from a superior place. Mm -hmm. and And a brother offended is harder to win than a city. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, I hate to admit it, but I really have for a long time in my life felt inferior or insecure. And my goal was always to be the superior one or to be the one on top. And then I realized even in that place of being superior or having this, you know, special knowledge or special understanding of God, even that wasn't producing health or healing or, or, um, you know, a receptive kind of love. Like it wasn't producing that. It doesn't bring fullness to your heart. You know what the mistake that we make as Christians so often is we, we, we start to think that we're good (laughs) because we've changed our morality. Maybe we've quit some habits and we're acting better than we once did. And so we start to think we're, we're good. Yeah. We start to think we're good now. And I'm so glad that Jesus said himself, when he was called good, he says, why are you calling me that? There's nobody good but the Father. What I'm doing is not based upon my own goodness here. My Father is good. That's how I do these things. Almost like he was resisting the temptation to take that compliment mm-hmm. as a pride. Like, oh yeah, I am. And he wouldn't take it because he was aware of the Father's goodness toward him, the Father's grace wow. toward him. Mm-hmm. See, he knew when he came out of that river after being jo- uh, baptized in the Jordan River and, and the Father said, this is my son and I am pleased you know, he hasn't even been tested yet. And and so it wasn't based upon his his successes or failures or upon his how good his actions were or, or, or they weren't. They were good, but they were he was doing goodness out of responding to his father's goodness. The reason he did good, because he saw his father's goodness and he says, I'm just doing what I see him do. The father loves the son. <laughs> and so he was just doing that. And when you know that the father loves you, then you'll start doing the the real works of Jesus, and it starts with that that love and compassion, that that kind of love that 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 gives and gives and gives and gives mm. joyfully. That's good. You mentioned something when we were first talking or planning this episode about keeping open house. That it does put you sometimes in a vulnerable position because anybody can come in now because your house is Mm -hmm. open. So there's a little bit of a vulnerability that Mm -hmm. I'm willing to have whosoever Mm -hmm. and you might not respect me or you might not, uh, you know, wipe your shoes off at the, Mm -hmm. at the, at the doormat, but I'm still inviting you in. It makes room, makes room for all of that. And so there again, see, if you see it correctly, we have room in our kingdom. We have room in our in our lives for all kinds of people. People that have not dressed up in our club uniforms. <laughs> yeah. Because God doesn't see it the way we, we, we see it through uh, our definition of Christianity. God sees a world that he loves. And, and this is what happens to us. If we, if we will let love do what it wants to do in our, in our lives and in our mind, you, you can't help it. You're going, to start, you're going to start loving the unlovely. You'll, I mean, loving them without any, without any qualms, without any, without any qualifications. You're just, you won't, you'll quit saying, I love you, but yeah. you'll look at people and say, I love you. 
while you're carrying one sign and somebody else is on the other side of the street with the other sign that says the opposite of what your sign says, you'll put that stupid sign down and you'll look at them and you'll say, I love you. Mm-hmm. And may God's goodness be upon you. Not after you change, mm-hmm. right now. Because that's how God deals with us. Okay, you can tell me if I'm wrong about this. But sometimes I feel like in our relationship that I might be like, I don't know, not irritating you, but like I'm not in a great place. And you'll just go, I love you. And and it's not like um, condescending or anything, but it's almost like you don't know what to say. So you'll just say, I love you. And I'll think, oh, it, it just doesn't seem like the reaction I would have had if I were dealing with myself. But um, do you do that? <laughs> no, I'll tell you exactly what that is. That's a good point because here's what's going on. Because in the midst of this, okay, because we could, in, in those situations like that, we can get all in our head and in our emotions and let that rule. Mm-hmm. And then we start responding from, from out of that. And, and there's no perfection in those areas. In the spirit, so in those situations, maybe I can see that you're hurting or frustrated or something about something. And so that makes me go into my place of compassion, which is my Christ heart. And, and I want to look at this through, through God's eyes. I want to look at you and what you're feeling right now, what you're dealing with through God's eyes. Uh, if we do it just mentally and emotionally, then what we do is we'll have an argument. And I'll just counter whatever you're saying. And right. You know how that goes. People do that. But if we go into our Christ heart and look at it, then what I see is like, this is my girl and she's hurting with something right now. And when I, and when I, when that, I love you comes out of my mouth, it's because it's almost involuntary. It's what I'm feeling and thinking in that moment. I love that. And that's what, that's, see, that's the flow. It's, Mm -hmm. it it becomes a normal flow of operation Mm -hmm. and we're going to, it's 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 taking over our lives mm-hmm. and isn't it more beautiful isn't yeah. it wonderful see how powerful it is a gentle answer turns away wrath see it people think love is a little bit too weak we need love plus something else but there's nothing stronger than love everything bows to it yeah you want the you know martin luther king junior said the best way to to defeat your enemy is to make him your friend <laughs> yeah, because then you don't have an enemy Then you don't anymore. have an enemy, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, that's really good. We're here, you know, in Matthew 5 and also uh, in that same passage. He says, he says, let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt and light. And he talks about that salt and he says, he says but if the salt loses its flavor. Now remember, see, salt has a certain flavor. We, as, as offspring of God... We have a certain flavor that's different. It's not. It's, it's it's different from anything else in the world. But we have our own distinct flavor, and and we're saying in these episodes that it's love. Yeah. And so he says, but if you lose that particular flavor, yeah. then you've lost your purpose. He says, what? How's the world going to be salted? The world needs what we have. But if we if we don't be salt, <laughs> if we be something else that the world already has. There's no effect. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, like if we're just going to join the world's groups and be angry with them. You know, be angry like they are. Then, then where's the where's the salt that the world needs? And doesn't salt as a um, as a as a seasoning bring out the the the, the taste of whatever yeah. it is? Yeah. Like the meat tastes mm-hmm. um, more. 
And the yeah, and the salt does that with everything. You can you can do it on with with, with steak. You can do it on veggies. You can do it on some, and it'll just it it'll bring out more of that. that and it, it's not going to make everything the same thing. And you notice also the Bible says says let your speech always be seasoned, seasoned with with grace. Mm. You know, like salt. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's there again. What we're bringing is. Is, is a certain sound mm -hmm. that the world doesn't do. So this is why, you know, again, I say, this is why we're not going to get what we want. We're not going to change the world by joining any of the world's angry groups. Yeah. They've already, they've already brought their flavor. <laughs> you know, we don't need to join their flavor. We've got our own flavor that's different. Yeah. It's different from theirs, and I, it's what the world needs. I have a good friend who, when you're around her, she always sees the best in you and you, you, you begin to feel like I'm this, I'm, you know, I have these, um, qualities about myself that are good because she's seeing me with this, um, you know, kind, kind of the, the, the best in me and, and people love to be around her because when you're around her, you feel like elevated. And I really believe she, she seasons her friends with this the grace. salt of, of grace. Yeah. Grace that, does bring out the best in you. Yeah. That's why God is gracious to us. He had, he chose to be gracious to an ungracious world, Yeah. but look what it's done. When we receive it, it's bringing out the best, best in us. us. It changes. It changes the world. Love that. And so we have that. And and and, and another part of it is that we, you know, it also says that we're that we bring a sweet smelling aroma. That we bring the fragrance of Christ mm -hmm. to the world. See, there's a that's the specific that we have that none of the world's angry groups that we're, we're tempted to join in with them and, mm -hmm. and chant with them and sing their song. Um, they don't have that. Yeah, That's not a sweet-smelling aroma. It stinks. A, a, re a religious kind of controlling spirit, there is no sweet smell with that either. No. Like there, there's a sweet smell when there's warmth and love and, love. and, and connection. and Love, grace, and goodness. It's the stuff of God. Amen. It is God himself. So we keep our door, we keep our, our, our house open. We're not closing doors to people. We're opening more. We're mm -hmm. opening more. And, and we're also starting to see through God's eyes more with this heart of love. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you, a lot of times, if you look at the, look at the world, the way that most people talk about it, it's like, you can see all these groups of people, like they're all in their own little grid work. Like here's this kind of people, here's this kind of people, here's these, and they all have these separating lines between them. Mm -hmm. But when you see how God looks at that, he doesn't see those lines. He is God without partiality, without partitions. And there's so many scriptures that talk about him doing things like breaking down the walls of partition, making no different in, what's the word, different, Differentiation. <laughs> differentiation. He makes no difference. See, we make differences. Mm -hmm. See, there again, that's imaginations of men. We make the differences. Men say there are, there's us and there's, there's them. them. God never says that. There is no such thing in God's heaven. There's no such thing in God's heart mm. as us and Amen. them. That's so good. In Christ, all is one. Mm. 
So welcome home world. Because God loves us. Yeah, we, we can say that to the world. Welcome home. It's our home. Welcome home. Yeah. Come on in. Welcome home to a place of comfort, a place of joy, a place of safety. Mm-hmm. Welcome home. You are loved. Yeah, let me make you a meal. Yeah, let, let me, me wash your you feet. Let me make you a good meal. Yeah, yeah. Let me bow myself down. Somebody was telling us about that the other day, remember? That that when Jesus washed the disciples' feet, the word was he he went he he bowed down or he barocked or it means like to put yourself lower, oh, yeah. to revere the other one higher. Yeah, that's why Peter it, it was a little offended. He like, was like, don't, "Don't you go? No way, Jesus! Not yeah. you! You're above me." Yeah, and Jesus says, "No, you you let me do this. Let me give to you." Yeah, he let said, me "If serve you, you don't let me do this, you'll have no part yeah. in me." because that's what Peter was going to have to do, mm-hmm. right? And so. He modeled it, knowing that if Peter didn't let him do it, Peter wouldn't have it to give, right? Exactly. And remember, Jesus also said, he said, because I didn't come to be served, I came to serve. That's humility. See, and there again, we're, we're, we can get preoccupied with, with thinking we've got to get the world to serve Jesus the way we are. Well, in that context, none of us were, were supposed to be that way. It wasn't a servant relationship that he wants. In fact, he came to give to us, to serve us, to lift us up. He wasn't afraid to lift Peter and the others and you and I and everybody else in the world above himself, in that, in, so to speak, that he would be the one that would be the one serving, providing, giving what was good for them. So and, good. and and the feet washing thing, it's 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 honorable, but it's it's such a comfort. It's like you're giving um, something that's 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 beautiful. Yeah. And uh, that's like there again. See, there is, see how there's no fear in this. We can just there's a joy and a power mm-hmm. in being the givers. That's why the word says the giver is greater than the receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but the giver bows himself low to do the giving. Yeah. It's and a beautiful no, thing. No, no, like demand for respect. Like, absolutely, you're not giving me respect. Well, I'm actually bowing down to bless you. So, what we love saying to the world is, "Welcome, welcome home. home. We welcome you with open arms. God loves you. He doesn't love a future version of you. He's He's not waiting for the cleaned up version. He likes you now. Yeah. You're safe." Right now, the way you are, you don't have to dress like me. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you all for listening and for um, just uh, being a part of our podcast uh, episodes. Uh, We want to remind you that there is a, a place where you can hit a button and leave a voice recording of a question you might have or a comment you might have. Uh, something that you might want us to address in a future uh, episode. We're happy to, to do that. Nobody else hears that uh, recording but, but Rick and I, so uh, feel free to, um, to leave us a message. Yes, and again, thanks for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Bye-bye. Hey, if you've enjoyed our podcast today, please subscribe and consider leaving us a review. And if these conversations have encouraged you, head on over to our website at rickmanis.com. There's all kinds of resources there, so check it out. Have a great day.